Welcome to this podcast. We understand that today's topic is heavy and complicated. We are here with you today to explore, heal, and discover truths on your journey. Today we are joined by a widow who is here to share her journey with all of us. Pam, would you introduce us to our guest today? I would love to. We have with us Shannon Robinson and such a brave woman. And after reading her story, I am so excited for her to share her wisdom and insight with you as a widow. And uh, I know, I feel that you're going to leave empowered and lifted up by the words of truth that Shannon's going to share. And Shannon is a communications director at a local church here. And um, as a realtor and has three kids that are just middle-aged school children and um, so she understands uh, what it's like to uh, have faced a tragedy and to be raising kids in the midst of it and in the midst of it she has some wonderful words to share so Shannon welcome to Arise Ministries thank you we are glad to have you today so excited to be here you bet so you know I want to say that we have moms coming to us that are single again moms coming to us that are widows mothers that have adopted children mothers that have never married mothers that are grandmothers raising kids and all, all these different kinds of moms come to Arise Ministries as a single mom, but rarely are we able to have, really, I feel like a real seasoned uh, expert in being a widow, and so today is extremely special to us because we get to talk about widowhood. So with that being said, let's just get started. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I just want to start off and say, Shannon, we know that your story is painful, but uh, we know that it's powerful. So would you mind telling us a little bit about how you became a widow? Sure. So um, I married my late husband, Chad, in 2013. And we were married for uh, right at five years. And we celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary right before he passed away, actually. Um, we I was pregnant with my third child. And... Um, he had a tragic accident at work. He'd fallen off a ladder um, in January of 2018 and broke his back. Um, and then uh, two months later, right as he was returning to work, he had a complication with some pain medicine he was taking um, due to a heart condition we found out about after his death, and it, it, it killed him. Mm. So um, I found myself with all of a sudden a stay-at-home mom with um, two small kids that were three and under, and then 38 weeks pregnant with our third baby, who was born um, just eight days after his, his father died. Man, mm-hmm. Shannon, thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed just by the idea of being a single mom with that newborn baby, but then also with all of the grief as well. Can you help us understand maybe what got you through those first few months because that's the shock part like how do you move forward right in the beginning with this newborn and these two little children as well absolutely um you know you are in shock for for quite a while and I think it what you find out is there's varying degrees of shock it takes a while for it to wear off um and then it was compounded because I had to you know had a c-section eight days after my husband died so um in that eight day period I had to plan a funeral which was arguably the most stressful week I've ever experienced in my entire life. And, um, it, it was really my family. Um, you know, the family just kind of flooded in around me and they, they created this just 
um, safety net of protection to get me through that week. And in the coming months after Levi was born, um, my church was absolutely phenomenal. They had, I had teams of people that came over for weeks and months that helped me clean my house, take care of my other two kids while I just, you know, held a newborn and, and wept. And, uh, my faith really is the biggest driving force that, that got me through that because, um, you know, it sounds silly to say I never doubted God, but I really didn't. I just, I was actually surprised at how my faith held me up and that, um, you know, part of my story is that I found him, um, in our kitchen at home, he passed away at home. So, um, there was just layers upon layers of trauma I had to deal with. And, um, my faith just instantly lifted me up and I knew that God would get me through it. And that was, you know, my faith, my family and our church, you know, and my friends really just, um, they were absolutely incredible for the, I would say the two to three months after his death and, um, helping me get to a place where post-shock I could stand on my feet again. Mm-hmm. So, Shannon, you mentioned friends and the, how much they helped you. So I just, I just wondering, really, so that for my sake, that I know what I can do for a widow that is suddenly on the scene. I mean, what can I do? Or what did some friends do for you in the early months after your husband's death that was just helpful? So the, some really practical things that people did for me was um, they helped me clean my house, um, which I had a C-section, so I couldn't really do a lot. And that helped relieve a lot of my burden over my domestic life because having two small kids, you know, they just tear through your house yeah. constantly. <laughs> I think I every mean, mom out there all right? of a sudden just identifies with you. Yes. So, I mean, there was teams of women from our church that came over, you know, twice a week and helped me kind of pick up and clean the house, help me feed my kids and get them ready for bed and um, you know, bathing two small kids was difficult at that stage of my recovery from the um, the birth too. So that was very practical, um, practically helpful. And then a meal train, someone set up a, an amazing meal train. Mm-hmm. I had, and I laugh about this now because it, it just it makes me giggle, but um, I don't think I cooked dinner for three months. Wow. I mean, I woke up sometime in June and was like, I don't know how to cook anymore. <laughs> Um, there was just food delivered every day to my house, wow. and it was amazing. Um, between my high school friends I graduated with and um, the women from church and just people I'd met, it, it was it was amazing. I would say emotionally, one of the most impactful things that um, someone did for me was really just come and sit and listen. Mm. Um, I have this dear friend, and I'll never forget that that day she spent with me because it just touched my heart so much. But, you know, she just sat there next to me in a chair you know, five or six days after Chad had passed away. And she just let me cry and, and tell her the things I was thinking about. You know, she didn't come at me with a encouragement she knew she couldn't really give in that moment. But mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of um, the part in the book of Job where his friends are sitting in the ashes with him. Yeah. And that's really, it was so meaningful to me just to have someone sit there with me in that moment. That is one wise friend, isn't it? Yeah. Because sometimes you just feel like, I just need to go talk to her and help her. But sometimes the greatest thing you can do is just go in your presence, speak for itself. I had written this down. Who is a friend during this time? A friend can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion. Who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement. Who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. Now that is a friend who cares. Yes. And I think that's what you were saying. This friend just was there with you. Mm-hmm. She 
she cried silent tears i mean it just because she i mean she loves me but just the impact i saw and the empathy in her it was it was something i'll never forget yeah that yeah. is so i i love hearing that and for us to all log that away because we're all eventually going to come across somebody who's grieving and um, to know that sometimes just sitting and listening and cleaning and bringing food. Right. <laughs> it helps. It just it helps. even knowing that, I mean, just to relieve some people, the pressure, you know, there's nothing you can say to make that person feel right. better realistically. And your presence means more than anything yeah. in that moment. That is really good stuff. Shannon, I have a question for you about how you took care of yourself emotionally maybe just even that first year because you had all these people showing up for you and cleaning and cooking and listening but were you able to find yourself enough strength to take care of you emotionally in that moment and if so how did you do that um you know I think I really benefited a lot from uh, private counseling I had had actually been in private counseling for about six months um before Chad had passed away and I, you know, I was pregnant four times in five years. I was just kind of struggling with my life in general. And so I was going through counseling just to address some depression issues I felt like I had. And the tools I learned about how to address depression is really, I feel like what empowered me to process my feelings with the grief and the loss that helped me Mm -hmm. uh, move myself forward, you know, and that, and then my family, we got involved in a, um, a family grief counseling center locally and, um, that has been invaluable for my kids and just uh, finding other people that you can empathize with that they, they can empathize with you or you don't you realize you're not alone there's other people in the world that have been through something horrible it might not be exactly what your story is but just knowing that that person next to you knows what it's like to lose their spouse is it creates a bond and then it gives you the empowerment and the will to keep going you know, I just can't help but think of moms where you are right now listening to this, driving down the road, or you're in your house, or you're by yourself, and just needing to talk to somebody and needing someone to walk you through this. And I think, Shannon, you had shared how there was a grief center here, like you just said, that I just want to encourage you, if that's you today, to get on the internet. There's so much information about about grief and how to grieve properly and grieve honestly and grieve vulnerably to be able to work through it and so were you able to do that I was and I still am it's a process Mm -hmm. right it's never finished and you know even in year three now it surprises me how different my grief is and how it re-manifests in different ways but um, journaling was really powerful for me and you know leaning on my faith and looking at my loss through the eyes of God and scripture very powerful for me Um, I feel like that you know, one of the misnomers about grief is that it's this perfect circle and that you work through the circle as you go, but that's not really how it is at all. It's more like you throw spaghetti on a plate and that's what the map of grief looks Mm -hmm. like. It's just, it's a mess Mm -hmm. and you're the only one that can weed through it and you have to put in the work and the effort and it's hard and it's painful, but um, that's another reason why I feel like a counseling is so, so valuable because it helps you learn how to really process your feelings and you have to, because if you don't process, you will bury and that leads Mm -hmm. to depression. So. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Well, let me ask you, as you t- you just mentioned, you were three years into this and um, of being a widow now. So what currently would you say is your biggest struggle today? I'm sure you they cycle and they, they ebb and flow, but uh, I guess as of today, uh, what is your biggest struggle? And, and is that difficult or different than it was right after your husband's death? Uh, it is different now. Um, I would say that, you know, the first year 
my biggest struggle was trying to figure out who I was again as a single person and trying to manage my life logistically by myself with three small children and you know learning how to stand on my own two feet again as, a, as an independent person it took me I feel like five years to figure out how to be a submitted wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know Chad passed away and I'm like oh no what do I do now mm-hmm. um, so, so I kind of ran at it really hard in the beginning and I'm kind of a do-it-yourself you know firstborn female I guess and uh, I really just spiritually wore myself out and um, I hit this just fatigue and um, I had to kind of figure out a, a pace and a, and a balance for how to live my life as a mom, as a single person, as a Christ follower, and, you know, all these areas of my life. And I would say, like, you know, that's still a balancing act as I go, you know, even working and everything. But um, now, you know, this far into it, it's it's really like the loneliness. Um, you know, at first you're like, I won't ever need to be with anyone again. I'll just live in this love we had forever and then you go through this phase where you're like, I don't need anyone. And then you kind of realize like, oh, I might actually want to be with someone again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of balancing that hope of looking forward, but not letting it, you know, depress you from where you are right now. And, you know, it's kind of, this is like an endurance race where you don't really see the finish line yet. So it's all about now for me, pace and um, keeping just that endurance going for what I'm doing and living in this daily moment that God's given me to take care of my kids and my mm-hmm. family. And how did you keep, I'm just wondering, how did you keep going when you wanted to give up? You know, you just want to give up, but you oh. can't. You've got kids to feed, laundry yes. to do, homework. What, how did you, how, what did you do not to give up? That, you know, really brings me to my, I would say my life verse. And I looked it up right before we started this, but um, it's the verse I always come back to whenever I just feel like I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. some days I just sit in my kitchen floor and I'm like, Lord, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from the 27th Psalm and it's verses 13 and 14. And it says, I would have despaired unless I had believed mm-hmm. that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And there's something about that, that promise that I'm going to see the goodness of God again in this life, in the land of the living. You know, yeah, we have the hope of eternity and, and that's glorious, but God promises goodness still for me here. And I just, I, I pull out that verse and I read it and I meditate on it until I just feel that swell of hope, you know, and if it's enough to get me through the next hour or that day, then it is. But, you know, every time I need it, that's what I really come back to is, um, the promises of God and the hope of God for what he has for me and my kids in this life. Yes. And I want to address the single mom out there that is listening. Oh, I want that. I don't have that. How do you get that? And perhaps you have never come to a place in your life that you have surrendered your life to Christ. You have, you know about him, but you've never fallen under his control or given up the control of your life and ask him to come in and do it for you. And this is what Arise Ministries is all about. It's our hope to our hope in Christ, our opportunity with these podcasts to share the real Christ that he really, really makes a difference, that when we give our lives to him, he he sends us his spirit and we are able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we ever hope or could imagine. And if you've never taken that step of faith, I just encourage you to just stop now and ask, say, Jesus, I need you, and I turn to you, and I ask you to come into my heart. And let me see what Shannon is seeing. That's what this podcast 
you know, is leading us to do. So I thank you for sharing that. That was just yeah. really, really special about what you did to not give up. Yeah, thanks, Pam. That was good, too. There was an amen that needed to follow. <laughs> well, just kind of said. in there. I just thought I felt led to, so we're here just, we go. We're going to let you preach. Yes. <laughs> Shannon, I admire you. I admire you for many reasons, but I think, too, just listening to you today, something I really respect about you is that you were able to it seems like grow your faith in people um, to allow them in. I think sometimes when we go through something hard or difficult like this, there's this tendency to put up these walls mm-hmm. or especially in being independent. You said, I'm mm-hmm. a strong, independent woman. And we want to say, well, I can do this on my own and I appreciate you cleaning. But I hear in your story, you're constantly leaning um, on people. But I also hear this leaning on God and this faith that you have in him. And so I'm wondering, is that was that just always there, or did this experience you had with losing Chad, did it strengthen your faith? Were you struggling? I mean, you come in here with verses, and you're just spitting this, like, <laughs> truth that is eternal, and I'm just, I'm, I just admire you for that. Thank you. Um, it, this definitely made my faith stronger. I, I felt like I was a, I won't say wishy-washy, maybe I relied on Chad a lot, because he was the super strong rock of faith in our family, but um, when this happened, I, I don't know. I just felt this, the foundation hold, I was what I'll say, you know, maybe the years I'd spent studying the scripture and, you know, really getting that from my head to my heart took, it took hold and okay. it, it welled up inside of me. And there was this very distinct moment that I felt this, um, shift take place where I was about nine months into my journey of loss and, um, you know, that first year I was just powering through life. I was mm-hmm. like, my kids are going to lack nothing. We're going to do all the things. I took them on a beach vacation. I was like, you know, we're just going to go hard at life. You know, I'm going to take back everything that this stole from me. And about nine months in, I, I hit a wall. I was worn out. I was tired. And I realized that, oh, this isn't just a, like a one-year journey. This is, this is indefinite, right? Yeah. And I was, my baby was still waking up a lot in the middle of the night. I was sitting in my kitchen floor. It was about 4 a.m., And I'd been up about six times that night between all my kids. And I remember sitting there and I was just holding Levi's bottle, just white knuckled. And I was staring at the spot in the floor where I found Chad. And the the thought hit me for the very first time. It was, oh my God, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do this. And that was, it almost broke me, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because that strong female, I can do anything. That's the the message almost in mainstream Christianity and, and outside of Christianity is you have everything it takes to do what you need, but that's not what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I felt really the truth of God come in and say, you know what? It's in your weakness that I'm strong. It's in your brokenness that I'm powerful. And when you, when I finally so admitted good. that I didn't have what it took, I felt like God came in and said, here's the moment where you can choose to activate your real faith. You've been doing this all on your own, but now you can rely on your real faith and I'll get you through it. It might be day by day. It might be minute by minute, but God is there with me in every moment. And he's proven proven himself so faithful over the last two years since that moment. And I mean, I would say that that's why I just, my faith has been so much stronger because I know that I got to that place where I realized I was at rock bottom and I could not do this mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, you know, it, it, the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And that's where when you trust in God and you really get to know him, you realize that, you know, he will come in and carry that weight for you. Yes, I love that. And when you said that, it reminded me of a verse that I thought about um, 
in Psalm 88, it says, my eyes are dim with grief. And you, that was the moment your eyes were just dim with grief. But the scripture goes on to say, I call to you, O Lord. And then the rest of it, I love that. It says, I spread out my hands to you. And it's like you sat there in that kitchen and thought, I'm dim with grief. I can't do this. I spread out my hands to you in my weakness. And then you felt an empowerment at that moment. That's just, that's just beautiful. I just love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. Well, let me go on, and uh, I just I want to talk about the children just a minute. I know we're going to do another podcast about the children, but I just I have to ask because I just want to know what, because the moms listening want to know mm-hmm. this, so <laughs> I'm asking moms <laughs> on your behalf. But they are wondering uh, what has been the hardest part about helping your children through the loss of their father. Um, you know, initially the hardest part was figuring out how to tell them you know, that their father had passed away and they were very small. They were three and two at the time. And, um, just realizing that their poor little minds couldn't even Mm -hmm. grasp what the concept of death was and, uh, trying to help them establish this idea of permanence and loss. And, um, that was really difficult and it took months and months and months of just repeated conversations daily and when you're in the middle of the grief process yourself in the early phase, you're, you almost want to scream inside, like, how many times a day do we have to talk about the fact your dad died? But you you have to keep doing it over and over. Is Well, dad's dead, but is he coming back for my birthday? Is mm-hmm. is he coming back for Christmas? Like, my little two-year-old at the time, she mm-hmm. said, I just need rocket boots to go see him. You know, like, heaven is a place in her mind and it is a place, but you know, she, it was just like Arby's down the street in her Mm -hmm. mind, you know, like, where's this heaven? Why can't we go there? And Mm -hmm. I mean, so just, that was very difficult in the beginning, um, trying to get them to really grasp that concept that, that he's not coming back to earth. And, um, I would say that it it hurt a lot. You know, they associate everything kind of like an adult, but you see it differently through their eyes. Like there's a white truck. Daddy had a white truck. Mm -hmm. Daddy died. There's an apple. Daddy liked apples. Daddy died. Mm-hmm. Just constant. And it's exhausting. You know, in itself, you get to a point where you just, you don't want to lash out at them, but you want to pull your hair out. You're like, I can't talk about this anymore. Of course. Um, but yeah, and you know, now it's changed a lot. I can see them looking forward to and, um, you know, trying to help them with their emotions of, you know, dealing with how they, they're sad when they see other friends with a dad or, you know, they start asking, when are we going to have another dad? And, you know, just this year, my son has started, you know, I'm going to ask Santa for a dad. And I said, oh, that's that's a God question. That's not a Santa question. <laughs> Can we go back to puppy? Wise woman. That was a hard no, but yes. that's more doable than <laughs> yeah. dad for Christmas. So um, it's it changes, you know, and just like your grief changes as well. Mm-hmm. Shannon, that's, so that's all wise and wonderful. I can't wait. Um, we're going to be recording a second podcast on parenting as a widow. Uh, we understand that first moms need to just take care of themselves, but they also have their children, like you're saying. Like, how do you balance grief um, and parenting at the same time? So make sure that you listen to the next podcast on parenting advice and encouragement from Shannon. Um, lastly, if you could just give a word of encouragement directly um, to our widowed moms listening today, what would you say to them? I would say, hey, sister, I know I know how you feel, um, whether you're new into this widow process or you're, you've been in it, at it for a while. Um, I just want to remind you that you're not alone and 
even when you feel alone, um, the creator of the universe cares for you. And he's right there to carry you through that day when you feel like you can't take another step. Um, I would say that you don't have to be strong. Um, you don't have to pretend like you have it all together. Um, I'm, and I'm praying for you that God would bring you the support system that you need to get you through where you're at. And I just pray that you know that you would look out for those people in your life too. Um, God will put them in your path. Don't be afraid to ask and use those resources when you find them. Mm, that is beautiful. Well, Shannon, as we close today, um, I don't mind telling you I thought this morning as we were getting ready to do this podcast, how will I close this podcast? Because it's so tender, so precious, so so I had so many emotions about it. So I just wrote down my words to close today. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read what I wrote down this morning. And Shannon, for you and for all our widows out there listening, um, I want you to just open your heart and hear these facts and these things that I wrote down for you this morning. When you lose someone you can't live without, your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is, you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But there's also good news. They will live forever in your broken heart. And through Christ's enablement, you will come through. Yet, they will always be in your soul. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly. That still hurts from time to time when the weather gets cold. But eventually the frost lifts, the sun comes out, and you move on, and you see a new purpose in life, and in time, you learn to dance in a new way. That's beautiful. And isn't that true? So Shannon, you are such a beautiful example of this truth. You've showed us that strength doesn't come from what you can do, but it comes from overcoming the things you once thought you never could. That's where your strength comes from. And You've been a testimony today to us of Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and he certainly has done that in the past. He's doing that today and Shannon, for you and the rest of our single moms, he will do it tomorrow. He will do that. So, so now as we close today, at least for now, single mom, may God be with you as you find revived, recharged, and energized strength in Christ. Mm-hmm.